أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد باب تغليظ تحريم الربا قال الله تعالى الذين ياكلون الربا لا يقومون الا كما يقوم الذي يتخبطه الشيطان من المس ذلك بانهم قالوا انما البيع مثل الربا وحل الله البيع وحرم الربا فمن جاءه موعظه من ربه فانتهى فله ما سلف وامره الى الله ومن عاد فاولئك اصحاب النار هم فيها خالدون يمحق الله الربا ويربي الصدقات الى قوله تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وذروا ما بقي من الربا واما الاحاديث فكثيره في الصحيح مشهوره منها حديث ابي هريره السابق في الباب قبله uh, the chapter regarding the emphatic prohibition of Riba. Riba is oftentimes translated as usury. Usury is one of the types of riba. A person who studies fiqh will know what the others are. Uh, what riba is is essentially a dummy transaction. The most basic form of riba is what they call riba al-fadl, which is al-mu'amla bishay al-jinsu bil-jinsi mutafadilan. That you sell one thing for another, the same thing, but at a different rate. So for example, selling 50 grams of gold for 60 grams of gold. The thing is the same that's being bought and the thing that's being sold, but the quantity is, the quantity is, uh, it varies. And that's why it's referred to as a dummy transaction, is because there's no point to the transaction. Uh, transaction is supposed to be beneficial for both parties but here there's, there's no even imkan or possibility of benefit uh, for one of the parties. One of the parties is gaining, the other one is losing, and there seems to be nothing that's going on that's adding value uh, at all. And so that's the riba fadl, the type of riba, what we call usury or interest that people are more <coughs> familiar with. This is riba uh, nasa, uh, 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 which is that I, I borrow like $100 from you and then you pay me back after a month and after a month you don't you know you say hey I can't you know I don't have the money to pay you back or I don't want to pay you back can I pay you back next month and so in Jahiliya they say okay pay me back next month but pay me 110 at that time or pay me 120 or something like that uh, and so the the amount that has to be pay, paid back keeps compounding Again, it's a dummy transaction because what the basic principle is what that you're trading one thing for the same thing, but there's no there's no uh, uh, you know there, there's a variance in the amounts, and so it's a completely one-sided transaction. Uh, and you know, a person might say because people say this like people say this they're like hey uh, uh, you know what about the time value of money. Islam has this idea of sharika that you can have, like, you can collaborate in a business. Uh, but the difference between sharika and between a loan is what? Is that in sharika, the business, if you fail, 
you fail together. If you're successful, you're successful together. And, uh, you know, people would have uh, partnerships in which one side would supply the, uh, one side, side would supply the money and the other would supply the work. Um, and because of the varying rates of those things, they would agree to different proportions of ownership. There's some khilaf on the details. It's not like completely uh, open and shut. This, and we're glossing over a lot of details here, but this is not a class, you know, it's not a fit class. The point is, is what is that when you benefit, you benefit together. When you lose, you lose together. So, whereas with riba, the beneficiary is only the, the financier. So it's a way that the rich ride the poor. And, uh, you know, the pr problem is this is that, look, we have to understand our deen to the point where we're able to, if we want to effectively make da'wah to non-Muslims and increasingly Muslims that ha carry the kafiyat and the conditions inside their hearts of non-Muslims. You have to be able to make an elevator pitch. What's the quick way if someone says like, you know, why is riba haram? What's wrong with it? I don't see what's wrong with it. Like I transact with a credit card, I'm just fine. Which is not the case. The average credit card debt uh, in America is like five figures. And I don't have any credit card debt, which means somebody else has even more than that. Uh, um, what's wrong with it? Okay, the elevator pitch is this. Imagine a world in which there are two people. One person has $100, the other person has nothing. The person who has nothing says, can I borrow the $100? And the person who has $100 says, sure, uh, here's $100, pay me back 110 by next year. Mm. It, are they going to be able to pay it back? No. So this will necessarily always end because it's a completely one-way uh, transaction. This will always end in the rich riding the poor. It will end in the, the rich enslaving the poor because no matter how hard the poor try to pay, you know, that one person who had nothing tries to pay back, they'll only pay back the $100, in which case the, the person who's the financier will not only have his money back, but he'll still be able to ride, uh, uh, ride the poor person. And, uh, you know, economics are just these simple scenarios then multiplied out through another system. If someone wanted to, because that elevator pitch is over, right? So, okay, you have my ear, let's walk out of the elevator and continue the conversation. Well, what about, like, if that person takes $100 and does something with it in order to generate more value? You know, then they can pay you back. Yes, if in that case, it's a business and it makes more sense that what? That uh, uh, you transact with each other as partners in a business. Why? Because then both of you incentivize both of you incentivized are incentivized to the same outcome that's beneficial for both of you. Whereas with the rich, they have no incentive whatsoever to care about the business, whether it succeeds or it fails. Uh, and we know that whatever behavior you incentivize in a group of people, that's a, a behavior you're going to get. Maybe there are individual exceptions, but over systems of people, that's how that works. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Islam built a civilization in which business was incentivized that's why muslims did better business they were on average uh, uh more wealthy uh, uh than others and they were uh, on average uh, you know they had better good they had better goods better trade more robust trade networks the idea of the check is the check the word check itself is actually a um it's a cognate for the arabic word sak with the sod sak with a with the sod in a calf um which is what that you take you know the IOU from one person to another place and you can cash it out people used to have these transnational networks by which they would pay off debts they had mutual insurances insurance were not for profit so that so that uh, merchants were not so uh, apprehensive to send goods from one place to the other and uh, they built wild amounts of wild amounts of uh, of wealth and someone's like well how come the Muslims are still not wealthier than non-Muslims 
well, you know, the sheer and vast amount of killing that occurred uh, uh, and uh, essentially slash, slash and grab uh, type warfare that occurred has something to do with that. So how is it that the Muslims, like the, what is the most populous and the most high income generating uh, um, province of the Mughal Empire? Anyone know? Bengal. Yeah. It's Bengal. Where's my Bangla brothers? Where were you at? Mashallah. Right? Mashallah. The, the Bengal was like the, 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 like the powerhouse of, of Muslim India. It still is. But don't let the Punjab Punjabis and uh, uh, you know Urdu-speaking haters like put you down. You know, nobody has anything on you. So, what happened was in the the Battle of Plassey, uh, uh, the Lord Clive, who was the commander of the British East India Company army, <coughs> after the Muslims were sold out by Mir Jafar. Uh, 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 amongst other traders who happened to belong to, not to make this into a sectarian gathering, but happened to belong to an alternative version of Muslim Aqidah uh, uh, that, that also inhabit you know, areas between the subcontinent and the Arab world to this day. Um, when they lost the battle, what was the first thing he did? He went after the textiles of the Bengal were like coveted around the world as being the highest quality. And so what he did was he basically called out the Weaver's Union and he had everybody's thumbs cut off so that they could no longer produce anymore. And now they're like, here, buy our crappy, like, garbage uh, 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 textiles, uh, you know, later on, buy our crappy garbage textiles that are produced from the mills and the uh, uh, factories in England and Britannia. This is how you make money by enforcing monopolies uh, and by... Uh, basically, doing you know capitalism, quote unquote, at the end of a gun because everybody, you know, people in the SoundCloud are not going to be able to see me put up the air quotes. Muslims are okay with capitalism, but enforcing monopolies at the end of the barrel of a gun doesn't really work very well. That's why many of the crony countries in the Muslim world that have these kind of like the ruler, president, king, whatever it is, uh, general who runs the country, he just basically hands out or sells out monopolies on all the core businesses to his relatives and contacts, and uh, they don't really do very good business with one another for that reason. So at any rate, uh, uh, you know, the, the idea is though you had a world in which transactions really mirrored the way the economy um, actually worked and people got paid and incentivized and made wealth for doing those things that actually uh, generated an added value to to the world as someone says well this is supposed to be a spirit spirituality why are you talking about money and uh, the reason is simple uh, and it has to do with why I went to New York uh, this uh, last week uh, just a couple of days ago which is we went to go and train the staff at NYU Hafsa they they uh, certify the halal dining uh, facilities at NYU, and uh, we have a very unique and singular program. Uh, I don't know of any other uh, organization that has something that robust. Um, and so we require the, all, even the servers and things like that to take training in halal every six months as a refresher. And so we talk about the standards and tell them about you have to do this, change your gloves, can't let outside food into the hall, you can't, etc. What are the rules are? And we also talk about what is halal, what are the spiritual benefits or the concept of the spirituality of eating halal, drinking halal, you know, the hadith of the Prophet 
you know about the person mentioned a man who's in a long journey uh, dusty and disheveled and he spreads his hands out in front of the heavens uh, uh, calling out oh my lord oh my lord and his food is haram and his drink is haram and his uh, 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 clothes are haram and he's been nourished hitherto by haram so how is the Lord going to answer his prayers uh, so all these things we told him like this is why people come through the door and you know someone asks you you know some questions or like is a little bit uptight about things so this is why because this is a concern that they have and we also told them a little bit about Islam so I told them I said look you know uh, don't get this wrong that uh, if a person stands on the street corner and they mug everybody who walks by uh, um, that person, uh, uh, if they mug everybody who walks by, um, that person brings that money of theft in and then buys something from your cafeteria. I go, it's not halal for them. It's haram for them. Why? Because the food may be halal, but it's purchased with haram money. There's no way of like circumventing this, mm-hmm. the system. And so they were somewhat taken aback and surprised and impressed by that. And I told them, I go, not every thief is standing on the street corner, you know, with a, with a hoodie on and with a knife. I go, some of them wear suits and ties, and they work in these tall buildings as well. And if a busload of them fell off of a cliff, I wouldn't bat an eyelash. You know, and they, I think they feel like they, they appreciated that. You know, workers of the world kind of united for a moment, you know what I mean? Uh, um, so that's, that's, what, that's what this is all about. And indeed, the person who... <coughs> Uh, transacts in riba according to the sacred sharia of Islam is worse than that person. So that's the point of the spirituality, is that if you're not eating halal, you're poisoning everything else. Your prayers are not going to be accepted. Your prayers, which are the imad al-din, your dua is not going to be accepted. Your dua, which is mukhl ibadah, and things after that, uh, you know, it just goes downhill from there. Uh, your prayers, which are the the foundation of the deen the pillar upon which your deen rests and the dua which is the core of, of, of the worship of Allah Ta'ala which is the purpose for which a person was created so Allah Ta'ala most high says in his book those who consume uh, riba uh, they will not be uh, they will not stand meaning they won't be raised from their graves uh, uh, on the day of judgment except for like the person who shaitan has um, uh, 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 shaitan has thrown them down uh, from insanity mm-hmm. that the person is you know like a person who's been like cast down pushed down and uh, because of their insa- because of insanity uh, that's how their, their condition will be when they're raised on the day of judgment that's because they said um, trade is like uh, usury but they're, they're the same thing what's the difference right there's still both of the thing both of them business you learn them in the business school uh, even though Allah Ta'ala uh, prohibited usury, Allah Ta'ala pr- uh, made lawful uh, trade and he prohibited usury. So why are they both in the business school? This is a complete impious innovation of the Yehud and the Nasara. Uh, and sadly, there are a section of people from the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who have uh, drank that Kool-Aid. But uh, it's not right. 
at least amongst us, the majority of people will uh, still say that it's haram. And the person who dares to cross that line, uh, there are still men who have faces in our ummah that will, will say that that person is no longer a Muslim. Uh, so whoever whoever uh, a righteous exhortation has come to from his Lord uh, and then afterwards ceases, then that person is still allowed to take what they uh, uh, um, what they were owed, the principle that they were owed, and the rest of their affair or their judgment uh, belongs to Allah. Uh, and whoever uh, uh, returns to uh, transacting such uh, in riba, uh, those people are the people of fire and they will be therein. For a very long time, uh, one of the one of the points that's mentioned in the tafsir is the person who habitually violates the sacred law with this. Uh, that that uh, some of the fuqaha said that they're no longer even uh, uh, they're no longer even they don't have right to the principle anymore either. And the reason for that is what is the the the, the ayah is the ayah will permit that interpretation and the reason that those people who interpret the ayah as such uh, say because they're returning again and again to the transaction of riba is like a type of kufr and the uh, murtad they, uh, they they lose the um, the ownership of their of their wealth mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, the ayah uh, continues Allah Ta'ala effaces usury a youth who barakatahu, there they ha- has no blessings in this world or in the hereafter. We will be sadaqat, and Allah Taala will grow uh, every charity. Uh, it's like an investment. If you put it and you imagine, you know, if some of these guys are a little bit younger, but if we were young and we put money in Apple when it was like not it was a penny stock, we would have been you know millionaires by now. Or we put money in Bitcoin when back when it cost a hundred dollars a Bitcoin instead of forty thousand dollars, we would have literally. It would have been like again and mutlin. Who knows if I had that much money, I would like flip everyone the bird and be like, you know, leave everybody with the traditional Japanese greeting of sayonara suckers and you know be out. Um, you know, so the thing is that investments they grow right uh, in time, and so Allah Taala says that the, uh, the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is that Allah Taala takes the the sadaqah that you give, and He grows it like like a, like a baby camel, and it keeps growing, growing, growing. So you'll see that small. Sadaqah that you gave and then one day when it's time to meet Allah Ta'ala that investment you'll see that when it's at maturity that it will be like the size of the Mount Uhud Allah Ta'ala doesn't love the one who is emphatically ungrateful and the one who is a complete profligate in, um, in, in committing sin after sin uh, 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 those people who uh, believe and work good work deeds of righteousness and establish the prayer and give zakat uh, for them will be their reward with their Lord and there will be no uh, fear upon them nor will they grieve Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha O you who believe, fear Allah وَذَرُوا مَا بَقِيَ مِنَ الْرِبَاءِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ And leave whatever is left from your uh, pretenses to uh, usury uh, If you indeed are believers فَإِلَّمْ uh, تَفْعَلُوا And if you do not فَأْذَنُوا بِحَرْبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Then take the notice of 
war from Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. يُقَالُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ لِأَكْلِ الرِّبَا خُذْ سِلَاحَكَ لِالْحَرْبِ وَلَا بُدَّ لِلْإِمَامِ أَنْ يَسْتَتِيبَهُمْ فَإِنْ تَابُوا وَإِلَّا وَضَعَ فِيهِمْ الْحَرْبَ وَالسِّلَاحَ And so this is فَأَذَنَ بِحَرْبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ the manifestation is going to be on the day of judgment. The angels will tell them that no, grab your armaments because your Lord is going to make war on you. Uh, uh, but the harb from the Rasul وسلم, and from this ummah is that it is mandated and it is a commandment for the sovereign leader of the Muslim polity. Can't say Islamic State anymore now, uh, you know, uh, I guess. Uh, you don't want to be fitna for people because that's not what we're talking about. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the imam, the sovereign is mandated by the Sharia to tell such people, uh, command such people to repent, to seek repentance from them. And if they repent, then, uh, you know, they're owed, if it's the first infraction, uh, what, uh, what the principles that, that were lent out. And if they don't, if they continue uh, uh, transacting riba, then he's mandated to, uh, to make war on them, to use violence. Because the state is what? The state is the organization uh, um, in every land that monopolizes violence that they're mandated to use state mandated violence in order to end it uh, that's something that is not puppy hugging care billboard material but that is the deen of Allah and uh, that is uh, uh, that is you know that is the the, the, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that the rich don't abuse the poor. We're not commies. Someone is rich. Someone's a baller. Mashallah. Jawad has a lot of money. Mashallah. We don't. We're not. We say it's a sin to be jealous of him. We don't say I hate you, you rich bastard. We're not like that. Even sometimes a person feels like you know feels like it. And then people are like, oh, money's not everything. It doesn't bring you happy. And you're like, yeah, right. You know, rich bastard. Uh, 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 you know, but but. Still, we suppress that feeling, and we say officially the fatwa is that you don't have the right to steal from, from a rich man or to resent them for their wealth. You just say mashallah and ask for Allah to, offer to give them barakah. And if you want money too, Allah gave him the money. Allah, Allah can give you as well. So you know, you ask, you spread your hands uh, um, in front of the same Allah who gave them. He can give you as well. And uh, but we don't, we don't, we don't speak ill of the rich. But on the flip side, if the rich are abusing the poor, just like the poor, if they abuse the rich, neither of those things are are right. And there's definitely more. Statistically speaking, though both of them are wrong, statistically speaking, there's more of a, a possibility of the rich abusing the poor. Historically, that's more freak, that, that's more frequent uh, uh, than the uh, the other way around. And so the Sharia has this as a mercy, a mandate too. Uh, and the blood sucking of usurers uh, um, in in you know in, in any uh, sovereign polity. And so, as for the in tubtum falakum ruusu amwalikum la tuzlamuna wa la tuzlamun. So that if you repent from consuming that uh, wealth of riba, then uh, you get back the principles that you're owed and don't transgress others and you won't, won't be transgressed and uh, uh, 
Imam Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala says as for the hadith in the uh, under this topic heading there are many that are uh, rigorously authenticated and well known from them is the hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu in a previous chapter you remember there was a vision the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa saw about the the day of judgment it was a really long hadith about like, the punishments of the people in the hellfire um, one more uh, point that I thought was interesting that I uh, uh, wanted to mention is that he um, he mentions in um, in uh, uh, explaining yamhaqullahu uh, riba that Allah Taala will efface uh, uh, will efface the riba and He will will um, sadaqat and He will grow sadaqa. Uh, that the barakah of uh, the money of riba is, is effaced, that a person has the money but it doesn't do them any good. He mentions that the Prophet saw on the, uh, a vision of the fire that there were people who uh, were said to be the people who consumed the wealth of riba and so part of their punishment is like they had entire houses in, in, in their stomach that they had somehow consumed, which I found very interesting because the primary... I guess anxiety that American Muslims have about riba is houses. Mm. So I found that very interesting that it, that that was mentioned in particular that a person will have a house in their stomach. This doesn't mean that there are you know there are these uh, uh, kind of halal compliant uh, Muslim home loan organizations. I'm not saying that they're uh, wrong uh, uh, or right or giving a fatwa about them. Actually, to give a fatwa about them or something that alludes to it, there are some of them that have actually relatively good. Uh, contract um, people say oh it's like the same thing as a conventional mortgage I go yeah the same thing you know it's people say the same thing about riba it's just like trade um, oftentimes a girlfriend and wife can behave in similar ways but there are certain key salient differences the fuqaha mashallah honorable noble gentlemen like uh, the, all the students of knowledge who are present here uh, mashallah will tell you what the differences are that is this wife material or is this is this girlfriend they'll tell you but there some of them are legit so why why you know these are options that we had that maybe our fathers didn't have before us so why go there if you don't need to one ibn mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam akila riba wa munkilahu rawahu muslim wa zad tirmidhi wa ghayruhu wa shahidayhi wa katibahu uh, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu cursed the one who consumes the wealth of riba and the one who feeds it, meaning the one who pays it. Uh, and it's a hadith of Muslim and Tirmidhi and others uh, narrate and the two witnesses that bear witness to the transaction and the one who writes it. This is important to mention as well because I have a lot of people who ask me, is it, poss- is it okay for me to work at a bank? Or they'll tell me I work at a bank, but don't worry, I'm in the in the IT department. I said, Gada, like the loan officer, how many loans will he process in a day? Whereas the IT guy is the one who writes the program that every single loan officer uses at the same time. Uh, it's even worse. Just stay away from it. It's gross. Uh, there are a number of athar that are very disturbing with regards to riba. The Rasul Sallallahu it's re- reported that he said that there are 70-something odd different types of riba, the least of which is worse than uh, 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 committing zina with your own mother and in a narration committing zina with your own mother in the shade of the Kaaba 
So it's safe to say uh, many of the fuqaha, including Malik, they consider it to be like the greatest sin after kufr. And uh, uh, there's, you know, there's a reason for that. It's not completely like far-fetched when you think about the athar. When you think about the Quran itself, that take the notice of war from Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa It's a big deal, right? It's a big deal. A person, a person, for example, like committed zina, um, that language isn't there, right? There's lashes for the person, at least in the Quran, that's explicitly, uh, uh, that's explicitly uh, um, mentioned in the text of the Quran. And then, you know, when you uh, read about, you know, in the athar about the person who's muhsan, the person who's, uh, you know, married or has been married in a correct marriage before and that's consummated. Okay, the punishment is higher there, but the language describing the sin is not anywhere near as harsh. Um, so, you know, and it's, you know, it's something that it, the harms to society are definitely not as much. And this is something also a person should remember that according to a great number of the usuli theorists of the Sharia, the fact that something has a had punishment, a sin, the punishment does not necessarily uh, mean that the the sin is a greater sin. So one of the hikmas of having such a, a severe punishment like stoning to death, or like lashing for zina, is it something that a person has inside of their jibilla, like inside of their natural constitution, a great desire and a great urge. Uh, to do it, if they don't, they make medicine for that. Your local pharmacies will dispense it, and you'll be better, inshallah. It it's a sickness. Human beings consider that also a sickness that a person doesn't have a urge or desire to do this thing. Uh, so you need to have zajar to stop a person, like a deterrent to stop a person from letting that 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 uh, uh, natural disposition go out of control. Uh, whereas there are other things in which there's not a particularly a particular prescribed punishment for it, uh, but there there are bigger sins. There are bigger sins. Riba is one of those. There may not be a head punishment for it, but eventually uh, it can only it must be dealt with through violence within the context of uh, the sovereign uh, the sovereign polity uh, of the Muslims. And even if we're like right now, we live outside of the sovereign polity of the Muslims. We don't have the ability or the right to, or the mandate, I should say, to deal with it through violence. But it doesn't mean the sin is any less. Like, I'm aware of, like, Imam Hanifa's fatwa about riba and dar harwas. But still, for example, transacting riba between you and another Muslim, mm -hmm. it still has haram, no matter where, which dar you're in. Babu Tahrim al the chapter regarding the uh, uh, prohibition of showing off. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ وَقَالَ تَعَالَ لَا تُبْتِلُوا صَدَقَاتِكُمْ بِالْمَنِّ وَالْأَذَاكَ الَّذِي يُنْفِقُ مَا لَهُ رِيَاءَ النَّاسِ وَقَالَ تَعَالَ يُرَاءُونَ النَّاسَ وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Allah Ta'ala said that in Surah Bayyina that they were not commanded except for to worship Allah Ta'ala making their uh, deen purely for him and inclining uh, uh, to the truth uh, and away from every uh, every falsehood. And Allah Most High says, do not invalidate your uh, charities by uh, reminding people of the favor you did to them 
and harming them after having given like the one who spends his uh, uh, money in order to show off to others and Allah Most High uh, describes uh, the munafiqeen as those who show off in front of the people and they don't remember Allah except for very little uh, and one of the tafasir of that is that except for when they're amongst the Muslims they talk about Allah but when they're not with them they don't they don't talk or mention or remember Allah Ta'ala at all وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول قال الله تعالى أنا أغنى الشركاء عن الشرك من عمل عملا أشرك فيه معي غيري تركته وشركه رواه مسلم This is a hadith Qudsi It's a great uh, It's a great uh, uh, Foundational principle Of this, the spiritual path And of the ma'rifah of Allah Ta'ala that Sayyidina Abu Hurairah who narrates that he heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say that Allah Most High said uh, from amongst all partners I'm the one who has least need of partnership whoever does a deed uh, and he makes it for me uh, makes a share of it for me amongst other partners that are other than me says that I give my share up, let the partners all have it so if you did something for Allah Ta'ala and for your wife for Allah Ta'ala and for your friends for Allah and for your family for Allah and for the government for Allah and for YouTube or TikTok or uh, you know whatever uh, you know perpendicular monkey or whatever the next app is going to be called I don't know whatever it is uh, he says if you did some part of it for me and some part of it for someone else it's all of it I I give to somebody now, of course sometimes you make your wife happy for the sake of Allah Ta'ala not for your own pleasure but for the sake of Allah. Sometimes you put up something for the people on whatever perpendicular app for, you know, for the sake of Allah. That's fine. But a word of caution to the Salik is that it's very difficult to guarantee that those intentions are 100% pure and you're not just making a fool out of yourself. And so, because somebody has to give da'wah, right? Somebody has to lead the salat, somebody has to give the khutbah, somebody has to, you know, do stuff amongst the Muslims. It's kind of like a mandate. Like someone has to teach darsh, somebody has to run for mayor, somebody has to, you know, raise their hand once they're going to say who gives $100,000, otherwise nobody else is going to give $100,000. You know, like, somebody has to do all that stuff. But every person should have a hedge against the very real possibility that those things are done for other than Allah Ta'ala in some part making it all of it for other than Allah Ta'ala under the principle of this hadith and so every Muslim should have a couple of things that they do that are kind of in the in the tank in case all of this stuff falls apart on the day of judgment on the flip side your ability to do things for the sake of Allah Ta'ala helps you also to in private when no one else sees it and there's no conflict of interest helps you to be able to do it uh, uh, when other people are seeing and is a, a dalil and hujjah in your favor when you make the claim that you can that you're doing it for for the sake of others otherwise sometimes some people only recite nicely when they're leading in front of people they want to impress and some people only uh, go to dars when their friends are going and some people only do and then in that case you know to prove to bring a proof in your favor on the day of judgment that you actually did it for the sake of Allah becomes very difficult because all of it becomes murky and ambiguous and may Allah ta'ala uh, help us all so something some something you do on your own when no one else watches sees it's just between you and Allah ta'ala there's more uh, uh, more sweetness uh, in it 
uh, uh, to be sure. Uh, and this is a, a narration, again, very scary narration uh, from uh, this Bab, from this chapter regarding the prohibition of showing off. وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ عَنْهُ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ يُقُولُ إِنَّ أَوَلَ النَّاسِ يُفْضَى يُقْضَى عَفْوًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عَلَيْهِ رَجُلُ اسْتُشْهِدَ فَأُتِيَ بِهِ فَعَرَّفَهُ نِعْمَتَهُ فَعَرَّفَهَا قَالَ فَمَا عَمِلْتَ فِيهَا قَالَ قَاتَلْتُ فِيكَ حَتَّى اسْتُشْهِدْتَ قَالَ كَذَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّكَ قَاتَلْتَ لِيُقَالَ جَرِيءٌ فَقَدْ قِيلَ ثُمَّ أَمَرَ بِهِ فصحب على وجهه حتى ألقي في النار ورجل تعلم العلم وعلمه وقرأ القرآن فأتي به فعرفه نعمه فعرفها قال فما عملت فيها قال تعلمت العلم وعلمته وقرأت فيك القرآن قال كذبت ولكنك تعلمت ليقال عالم وقرأت القرآن ليقال قارئ فقد قيل ثم أمر به فصحب على وجهه حتى ألقي في النار ورجل وسع الله عليه وأعطاه من أصناف المال فأتي به فعرفه نعمه فعرفها قال فما عملت فيها قال ما تركت من سبيل تحب أن ينفق فيها إلا أنفقت فيها لك قال كذبت ولكنك فعلت لي قال هو جواد فقد قيل ثم أمر به فصحب على وجهه ثم ألقي في النار رواه مسلم وجريء بفتح الجيم وكسر الراء وبالمد أي شجاع حاذق سيدنا أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه narrates that I heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم say indeed the first person who will be judged on the day of judgment will be a man who was martyred meaning killed in battle he will be brought and all of the blessings Allah gave him in his life will be shown to him and he will uh, accept that he was given these blessings and he will be asked what did you do with them he'll say I fought for your sake O Allah until I was martyred and then Allah will say to him uh, you lie rather you fought so people could say that you're brave and you're uh, you're uh, uh, an excellent warrior and they said it and uh, then he will command uh, that he be brought down on his face uh, and dragged until he's thrown into the fire. And then the second person is a person who sought knowledge and taught it and recited the Quran. He will be brought and he'll be shown all of the blessings that he had until he admits that he received them. And then uh, Allah will say, what did you do with these blessings? And he will say, I learned knowledge and I taught knowledge and I uh, recited Quran for your sake. Allah will say, you're a liar. Rather, you uh, 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 learned so that people will say that you're a, a very learned person. And you recited so people will say that you're a great reciter. Um, and then he's commanded to be pulled down and dragged on his face until he's cast into the fire. Then a man who Allah Ta'ala uh, gave him uh, 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 generously and gave him all different types of wealth. He will be brought and he will be shown all of the blessings that Allah gave him until he admits to them. And he will be asked, what did you do with them? And he'll say, I did not leave any path that you love, that, that charity should be spent uh, in that path, except for I spent uh, in that path for your sake. And Allah will say, you have lied. Rather, you did what you did, so people would say that you're generous, jawad. 
right? Uh, uh, obviously, this is not about you, inshallah. Uh, but it's the same word, the same name you're named after. The difference, Jawad and Sakhi, both of them are words that we would translate as generous. But Sakhi is the person who gives the person who deserves. Whereas Jawad is the person who's so generous, he gives the person who deserves. Uh, and the person who doesn't deserve, the one who asks and the one who doesn't ask. Uh, and so it's like an emphatic form of generosity. So you did it so that you people would say that you're this, such a generous person. And they said it, then he will command that the person be brought and dragged uh, uh, by his face and then cast into the fire. This is really scary because these are like all the best people in the home, right? These are not the drunkards and the zanis and the uh, people transacting in interest. These are the people who are actually like involved in the in the community and involved in the ummah and that we would think are the best of people the point is is that doing things for the eyes of other people is a, a, a very slippery slope and a very perilous path uh, for a person to end up you know uh, going cruising for a bruising on the day of judgment so a person should be careful about it and the kind of stupid things that people do in order to get a leg up in front of one another for shuhra to be known uh, they're ridiculous and like incredible. People on social media do things, but it's not new. People used to do stupid things like this in the past. Every time, every place, there's a modality that a person will put themselves forward in order to uh, gain shuhra, uh, in order to be you know, the big alpha and be the big top G. Of course, the people who promote these things, God bless them for their uh, acceptance of Islam. I won't begrudge them their conversion or say that it's insincere. But that the best of you in jahiliya are the best of you in Islam if you bother to take the time to understand the deen. And I don't think this is something that anyone has made them understand. In fact, I fear, I fear that they have urchins around them that actually are more interested in taking, taking the shuhra that those people brought with them from jahiliya than giving them the, uh, the blessing uh, that comes with Islam and the treasure that comes with thee the teachings uh, of Islam, and inshallah I'm wrong. But the point is, is what? Is that this thing of putting yourself out forward and, and acting like the big alpha and puffing your chest out and things like that, these are things that, uh, you know, they're very natural biological things, you know, uh, that mammals do in order to be the alpha because it, ins you know, inspires other people to submit to you. Uh, it inspires other people to... Uh, mate with you, it inspires other people to uh, follow your leadership in the same way the alpha gorilla or the alpha chimpanzee inspires the beta uh, chimps to uh, comply with him and the, the female chimps to mate with him but that's not something that, that that's all like that's all like this like, like world, lower world that has nothing to do with the malakut, the person who wants to be a salik toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if they want to be alpha in that world uh, the adab of that are something very different and the fact of the matter is a person who has this angelic and spiritual power inside of them uh, 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 and the person who has even that bahimi power inside of them they don't need to show it off and advertise it to everybody because it's a means it's not an end uh, and uh, uh, you know I fear I fear for a lot of people that they're doing these types of uh, stupid games and they're winning at it because when you talk crap about other people, Khalif Tu'raf, that wasn't something that they, the Arabs used to stay only since like Twitter was invented, right? Even though that's how a lot of Twitter works, right? Disagree with somebody and you'll become famous. 
but that's you know that's a that's an old that's an old trick from the bag of tricks that people people have had you know everybody who has a little bit of knowledge about the media knows if you say a lie uh, in in a bold enough way and in a bold enough uh, uh, context people will hear the lie even if you apologize later more people will hear the lie than will hear the clarification or will hear the apology or will hear the fact checking or whatever in fact the whole Hasbara the whole Israeli uh, um, the whole Israeli public public relations, to put it euphemistically, uh, 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 edifice all works on this, on this principle. And like, how horrible is it to be a Muslim or to claim to be a Muslim and then also operate in that that way? And you will see it'll be frustrating. Those people will, in the short term and in the medium term, they will gain. They will come out ahead. Uh, and we would say that they would come out ahead always, except for there's the Yom Qiyamah. And uh, Allah Ta'ala doesn't put barakah in that type of stuff. A hundred chimpanzees have come and gone, nobody cares. People go to visit the Prophet Sallallahu they don't give a damn about these people. You know, people know the names of Junaid and Bayezid, and they don't know the names of these people. Uh, and they don't care, because a hundred chimpanzees have come and gone, a thousand chimpanzees have come and gone, all of them ate their bananas, and nobody cares. And Yom Al-Qiyamah, nobody's going to care. Uh, uh, and it's they're going to wish that they, they did something different. This is our Iman, and the person who is intelligent will take heed when ibn umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma anna nasan qalu lahu inna nadkhula ala sultanina fanqulu lahum bi khilafi ma natakallamu idha kharajna min indihim qala ibn umar radiyallahu anhuma kunna na'uddu hadha nifaqan ala ahdi rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so he was like a damning indictment of like imperial court culture which is sadly uh, uh, the method of politics that many of us have learned, uh, which is what that some people said uh, to Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhuma, that when we go and enter on the on the uh, on the authorities on the, the the people in power, we say to them certain things that are different than the things that we say uh, when we're not amongst them. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhu, uh, he said that we used to consider this nifaq during the era of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Which is what? The whole system of mashwara, of shura, amruhum shura bainuhum. It's a description of the believers in the Quran itself. Is what? That just like the Amir has an absolute right to be obeyed as long as they're not telling you to do something haram, the, the ma'mur has the absolute right to be heard if there's any significance to what they, you know, to who they are and what their opinion is. And mashwara is what? Like for example, if I, you know, we're all gonna go on a trip next week to Minneapolis, okay? So I'm like, let's make mashra. Or Sharif is the 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 Ashraf, mashallah. He's the he's the Amir. So he's like, okay, he tells all of us, okay, like like let's make shura. Like how how are we gonna go get there? And so this guy says take a bus. This guy says take a bus. This guy takes says take a bus. This guy takes it. This guy and like you know the, and then it's your turn. You're the last person. And you know that the plane ticket is cheaper than the bus ticket. It gets there quicker, and uh, you know it has like twenty other things that are beneficial for you. And uh, uh, but like you don't want to say something different, or do you want to make somebody feel bad because they just go ahead and say what your opinion is. Don't be salty afterward if they don't accept it. But your responsibility in front of Allah Taala is discharged when you said what the see how what the opinion is. And mashwa doesn't work if everybody's a yes man. But what's the problem? What does work when you're a yes man is sucking up. So if the leader likes you and they don't feel threatened by you, 
and they feel with you like the same way like a six-year-old girl feels like with her own like like elementary school friends um, then you're more likely to get appointed to something because oftentimes the egomaniacal types of people who are in power are that six-year-old girl uh, this leads to another set of problems we don't have time to talk about nor is perhaps this the place for that for like imperial court etiquette even though there were ulama not all ulama are people who know about politics which sadly we're seeing like um, at a very humiliating level in front of our eyes nowadays but there were ulama that, that do know about did know, did know about them and prosecute them properly and well that's something that people should learn um, but suffice to say is that there's a reason why many ulama they chose to stay away from the court because they knew the leaders were these types of egomaniacal people and they're doing a good enough job you know uh, uh, in the sense that the you know Adhan was still called uh, five times a day in the markets were still open uh, and it's really their job to surround themselves with people tell them what's up uh, um, not your job to, to correct them uh, but it's like a slippery slope you know if it's you go there and you'll straighten them out then it's wajib for you to go from their point of view if they call you and they'll tell you the truth then it's wajib for them to call you if both of you love each other and you work and have an understanding, that's the best. Why wouldn't a person do that? But sadly, statistically, what ends up happening is both sides mistrust and hate each other and are trying to stab one another. And uh, so it's probably best in that case. If going and not going, in both cases, there's going to be no benefit. And in one case, you end up uh, in jail, uh, you know, in an Arab socialist republic with, you know, uh, jumper cables and a car battery hooked up to your balls. Then best to sit this one out. وعن جندب بن عبد الله بن سفيان رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من سمع سمع الله به ومن يرائي يرائي الله به متفق عليه ورواه مسلم أيضا في من روايتي ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما سمع بتشديد الميم ومعناه أظهر عمله للناس رياء سمع الله به أي فضحه يوم القيامة ومعنى من رأى رأى الله به من أظهر للناس العمل الصالح ليعظم عندهم وليس هو كذلك رأى الله به أظهر سريرته على رؤوس الخلائق This hadith uh, is uh, I mean it has two possible احتمالات obviously no we picks one over the other uh, in meaning but Jundub uh, uh, bin Abdullah ibn Sufyan narrates radiallahu anhu that the messenger the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the person who did their good deeds in such a way that other people could hear uh, Allah ta'ala will make other people hear them on the day of judgment and the person who uh, uh, did their good deeds so that other people can see Allah ta'ala will make other people see them on the day of judgment um, one ihtimal of the hadith, meaning of the hadith is what is that if you did your deeds for other people to see, they saw it, got your reward here, don't expect anything on the other side. The other possible meaning of the hadith is what? A person who did their good deeds so that other people hear about them. Uh, Allah Ta'ala will let other people hear about their sicknesses on the Day of Judgment. And the person who does a good deed so that other people see, other, Allah Ta'ala will show other people their sicknesses on the Day of Judgment, He will expose them. 
this latter meaning is the one that seems to be preferred by Imam Nawi rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala there's one more hadith in the bab inshallah and Abi Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam man ta'allama ilman mimma yubtagha bihi wajhullah azza wa jalla la yata'allamuhu illa liyusiba bihi aradhan min ad-dunya lam yajid arf al-jannati yawm al-qiyamati ya'ni rihaha rawahu Abu Dawud bi isnad sahih wal ahadith fi al-bab kathiratun mashhura وصلى الله تعالى رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين this last hadith سيدنا أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه anyone here trying to go to med school yay mashallah still mashallah village babu أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه he said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said whoever sought knowledge That is from that knowledge which is sought for, for the sake of Allah Taala. Bihi wajhullah wajhullah yani thatullahi. That a person who seeks knowledge that is sought for the sake of Allah Taala, mighty and majestic is He. Uh, uh, but they didn't really learn it except for so that they can grab some uh, uh, nice and uh, flashy piece of the dunya. Uh, uh, that person will not find. The fragrance of Jannah, meaning they won't uh, come anywhere near it. You smell something from far away, right? And so uh, I always think about this, and I think the two people who should be most afraid is Mulvies and doctors. The, 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 the students of knowledge and the, 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 the students of medicine whose like, refrain is, we're doing it to help people. And I have to say, as has been mentioned in this darsh before, that uh, one of the very few red sulfuric few uh, uh, exceptions that are shocking to me, and I think we'll have people will have a very high maqam on the day of judgment. The doctors of Gaza uh, that are working and don't go home around the clock, that literally like don't give themselves time to even mourn for their own loved ones who are killed because of their c- constant, consistent service uh, for the sake of Allah Taala for their patients to the point where they're literally operating, and uh, uh, you know. Z- Zag Shayatin like literally are going in with weapons and fighting a battle that they're not even fighting because they're busy like tending to their patients. Uh, that uh, that that whoever these people are, you know, they're they're the awliya of Allah Taala. If there are any awliya of Allah Taala, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala accept from them and raise their rank and raise in the ummah uh, people who will uh, fight for them and who will take vengeance for those who harm them and harm their patients. I, I heard a, a, an interview. And uh, uh, the interviewer was saying, like, now that your hospital is destroyed, uh, because there are none anymore, you know, um, that, that the interviewer, she, she asked the doctor, she's like, now that your hospital is destroyed, are you going to, like, take your family, you know, try to get across to Egypt and take your family to safety? And he, like, chastised her. He was like, why do you, th- you people don't, like, why do people think I even went to med school? Like, do you think I did it to that so I could do that, like, I run away when my people need me? I thought if I saw people like that when I was an undergrad, maybe I would have gone to medical school instead of going to madrasa. But Qadr Allah ma shafa'al. Allah ta accepted from them. And then the people on the other side, you know, it's not too late as long as you're alive. You can still change your ways and, uh, you know, change your niyyah and change the things that you do. At least some of it should be for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody will begrudge you for earning a living except for a hater whose opinion really you shouldn't pay attention to in the first place. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.